Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Lily Allen Duenas. Together, we'll talk about the world of yoga and we'll talk to people from around the world. I wanted to let you all know that there will not be any episodes launched this upcoming Friday on Christmas Eve or the Friday after that, which would be New Year's Eve in honor of the holidays, the holiday season. We'll be taking a two-week break, so I will see you back in January 2022, welcoming in a new year and wonderful more conversations with yoga teachers. In the meantime, let's dive in to our conversation with Pamela Harris, a yoga teacher from Barbados. Namaste family. Welcome back this week to the episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe where I welcome Pamela Harris onto the show. She's a yoga teacher from Barbados and she's been teaching yoga for 20 years in Barbados and she's had her own yoga studio there, Sunshine Kula Yoga in, um, in Barbados for about 12 years. So although she was born in the UK, uh, she moved to Barbados at the age of six. She has lived the majority of her life there, as well as a little bit in Jamaica too. She's honored and she's honored to be the founder and the principal yoga teacher at Sunshine Kula. And she is certified in Anasara yoga. And she's also an advanced teacher of therapeutic yoga. Pamela is devoted to inner peace and personal development and committed to sharing a practice that is inclusive, accessible for everyone on every level. Thank you so much, Pamela, for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Lily, for inviting me to join you. I'm actually going to start with one little correction <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not born in Britain, I'm not born in England. I, I sound very English. I was born in Jamaica. I have a British father and a Jamaican mother. So I was actually born in Jamaica and then came to Barbados at six, which you correctly said. Oh, thank you for that correction. That's fantastic. I'm glad to know that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely West Indian, (laughs) although I don't sound it. Oh, so let's dive more into your story. I would love to hear more about your personal history and, and how yoga came into your life. Okay, well... When I came to Barbados at six, it was only a couple of years after that, that obviously I came with my parents, that my mother decided she wanted to do yoga. And she thought, well, I'm just going to take Pamela along. So yoga was here in Barbados. This was all the way back in the late 60s. And um, I loved it, just going along with her. I was the only child joining the joining those classes. And I did that till I was 11 when I went to boarding school in England, hence, hence this Englishness. <laughs> um, but I would always do that every time I came back to Barbados, every holiday, every school holiday. And then by the time I got to an older teenager, I started dropping out of it. And, but it always, it stayed with me. It stayed with me so much. I'd do the odd drop into classes but I didn't get back fully into yoga till I was probably late 30s, 40. So, um, and it came about by a friend who had done a little tiny course in yoga. And she just said, you know a bit about yoga. Can you help me? And when I went to help her, I found how much I loved helping her and how much I still knew I could hear my teacher from when I was a child. 
I knew the series of postures we did, and it was absolutely fabulous. It was a man, and he taught quite a lot of people on the island. So there was quite a bit of yoga then, and then it seemed to disappear because of that age group of my mother, who then did start teaching yoga. Um, it disappeared, and then there were a few of us that got going again. Me probably in the hmm, late, no, mid-90s. So there was a big gap there. <laughs> From there, I very quickly went into teaching yoga. I went into teaching yoga without doing yoga training. And I kind of just trusted that I knew enough. And because there wasn't much around, I just went and started teaching in a, a local gym, the typical setting when there aren't yoga studios around. And once I'd been teaching for a year or two, I said, this is what I want to do. I was a school teacher, physical education, educational dance, general science. Um, and I gradually started teaching more and more yoga and knew that I wanted to go away and train. And the first training I did was actually with integrative yoga therapy. So that's where the therapeutic yoga comes in. That's a wonderful school of yoga. And I went to do it at Kripalu. That's where they had the training that yoga therapy in Massachusetts and then went on and on with that until I'd done the 500 hours. And while I was still doing that, I came across the Anyasara yoga because a, another teacher in Barbados had fallen in love with it and started bringing teachers in from the States. So that's when I got hooked and realized I, want, I, realized I wanted to do more. Yeah, I think that was so, it's amazing to me to learn how you started yoga so young. And then you had a gap where it seemed like it, it left your life. Do you, do you feel like it just wasn't aligned with where you were or wasn't it, you know, wasn't accessible in England when you were in boarding school? Like, what do you attribute to that gap and how did, how did that affect, you say? So, yes, being at boarding school, I wasn't with my uh, teacher here or my mother teaching that I just dropped in on when I came home. And then from boarding school, I studied my teacher training, not yoga teacher training, but school teaching, and was more into just the fun of being at university and so on. And then when I came back to Barbados to live here at 25, so I did work in England for three years, came back here at 25, and um, got busy with all kinds of water sports. Um, Barbados is the most fantastic place <laughs> for those kind of activities. And I did have always this great interest in holistic living practices and so on. So I initially trained as a reflexologist. This was what got me more into health and wellness that then led me to want to do yoga therapy because I thought that aligned well. Um, and I've told you the rest after that, yoga therapy training, going into my Anusara. Yes, the gap, it really was a gap. I remembered it and I hear my teacher's voice sometimes, but I was, I, to be honest, I wasn't practicing yoga postures. So when I got back into it, I couldn't believe how stiff I was. You know, as a child, of course, you're all flexible in back bends and so on. I was very tight and... Um, that, that's the way I am naturally. So it's taken a lot of work to loosen up and then, of course, to delve into the deeper levels of yoga. 
actually, I probably de delved into those before getting more into the deeper physical practice. Ooh, tell us more about that. Well, because of being in that, that interest in health and wellness, I would just read a lot. And I, as I say, I could remember this initial teacher from that age and um, the meditation in the classes, which some of the ladies, which was interesting, said, oh, no, I'm just in it for physical. I don't want to be doing the meditation side. They were like a little frightened in that in those years of what people would think of them. <laughs> and um, I sat there quietly. I like this bit. And I like looking at the candles and so on. So I, I had that stayed within me. And so that interest as I started the physical practice was automatically there. I'd love the breath work as well. And um, as I say, as I started as the yoga therapist, it was often do less to do more. So it didn't matter to me how flexible I was in my body, how strong I was with the postures and so on. But that really did come on. And as you do move more, you definitely find those greater openings starting to clear you energetically and moving into those deeper levels. You feel it in a different way. Although I was always very interested in my yoga therapy in those levels anyway, the koshas and so on, I didn't recognize how much more I could open them up with a deeper physical practice myself as well. I never have heard that people used to be concerned what people would think of them if they were in meditation. Would it be more like they were worried about other people in the room? Or it seemed more like you meant maybe people in the community? And it was, yes, community, public, thinking that these ladies of the late 60s, early 70s were going off into some hippie world. So they were very... They really wanted it thought of as their yoga for their health, as in physical health, which of course it is. And I don't think they, some of them were stepping into so much more. I can actually remember my mother, hearing my mother say, oh, no, 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 I don't. I want to be careful that I'm not adjusting my mind and things like that. And I just sat there quietly. <laughs> I think maybe there were lots of people at that time. Maybe it's because we were living in Barbados. And at the start of yoga here, Myself, there were other teachers by that time when I was starting to teach. Um, you know, there had to be a carefulness due to society being very, very Christian. Um, we had to be very, very careful about Om. I'd have people come in and say, I'm not going to put my hands in prayer position, not knowing that it was Anjali Mudra, a studio cleaner, not wanting to clean a Buddha. Well, there was a sense of carefulness, but Barbados has changed. <laughs> Barbados has changed. While that still exists, there are so many people interested in yoga now. So I opened my yoga studio 10 years ago. And from then, I think really that's when things began to change. There's more and more local teachers, about 20, I believe. There's probably four or five studios, small studios. Um, I have a lovely big space, but it's like small, like you couldn't compare to a studio in the States with all different rooms and therapy centers and a big reception and so on. I have a super big open airy room, but it's still quite simple and homely and basic. And I love that idea of simplicity and connecting to nature. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad to hear that kind of the evolution of yoga in the Barbados. How do you feel like it maybe was first introduced? I mean, to know that it was there in the 60s and that your mom had access to it and there was teachers. Do you have any guess for how it first kind of came over and got started? Hmm. The teacher that we went to actually was um, of Barbados heritage and he'd been to the States and then came back teaching yoga. He had an American wife who was also teaching. So the two of them ran this little school of yoga. There may be others, but that's what I knew. And I can't comment on things that when I was eight years old about others, but that's who I was with. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So do you feel like having had yoga in your life when you were so young, do you feel like that has changed who you are today? Do you, do you, under, do you know what I mean? How some people come so late to yoga and they receive amazing benefits, of course, you know, body, mind, spirit, emotion, but do you feel like coming into it younger had an, an impact in your growth and development? I say it hasn't had an impact in my teaching and my awareness of this deeper side of life or higher side of life that consciousness was there but I didn't dwell on it much it was definitely very in the background until I went back doing yoga and um tell you one thing it really has helped deepen a practice in the awareness of gratitude I am so grateful to my mother taking me. I am so grateful to every yoga teacher. And because I live in Barbados, there have only been a few yoga teachers, particularly when I started. It was a lot of hard work to have to travel to find all your training, to travel to go to different studios and to different parts of the world to do your yoga. So I'm so grateful that I had that background already. Otherwise, maybe it would have just slipped away. I was dedicated to getting back to how I felt doing it as a child. <laughs> it was a little different in the sense that we actually did yoga demonstrations at the Hilton Hotel. And nowadays, I guess it would be quite frowned upon, like literally doing yoga demonstrations, like people showing their postures and the yoga teacher commenting on what they were and so on. So interesting start. <laughs> wow. Was that a kind of like marketing experience then? Well, it was some marketing for him. I think it, yeah, it was to get yoga known, but um, I think it would seem quite unusual. It made it kind of look like a bit of a performance, you know, that we were actually on a stage at a Hilton hotel and guests were watching and outside uh, locals would come in too, to be able to, to see. Yes, so it was, but I just can't imagine that going on now in the way that did then. But I really remember it. And I did send you some photos that would have been taken right there at that Hilton Hotel of me, probably when I was about 10. Amazing. I will definitely share those photos on my website, wildyogatribe.com and on social media. So all of our listeners can take a look at those photos from when you were 10. They're beautiful. And it's just so special that you have those, those memories. Yes. My back bends can't do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, there is something special about being a child and the flexibility just given. <laughs> yes, that thanks. That's right. So we ta- you talked a little lightly on the different elements and aspects of yoga, the koshas and meditation. Uh, would you talk to our listeners about which aspects of yoga you feel most 
are, are most important to your journey and your growth or are most vital that students learn and, um, yeah, and develop those awareness and skills with? Because I know we're really focused on the asanas, of course, in the general yoga practices, but sometimes I think it's nice to kind of touch on the different uh, yamas or niyamas or, or the different aligned modalities that students can, can uh, align with. Yeah. It's really that while I recognize how important those yoga postures are, those asana are, because my initial training was in yoga therapy, which would be helping muscles, joints, injury, back care is one of my highlights that I teach now. It also was for wellness, for healing at deeper levels. So I always really looked at yoga as an experience of journeying inwards through those levels, the energetic, the emotional, the mind, the heart to the spirit level. That has always been very, very important. So I've stuck with that. Where Whatever I'm teaching, it's very important that yoga is inspiring and will open people up to their innate beauty, their goodness, their joy. And the Anusara Yoga brought that in too. They link beautifully. And also Anusara Yoga is very um, connected to working with looking for the good, finding the sacred within all, as well as working with yoga therapeutics. I know we can say that most yoga does, but these two really did align well, do align well. And I continue to carry that through every class. Although I may not be talking about the um, koshas, it's so much that important to connection to all of them, those different layers of ourselves, connection to nature, connection to our world, connection to the divine. So that is an emphasis that that feel-good feeling really comes out not just from that physical clearing, but because each student has connected to that special place within, that divine place within, that light and that higher wisdom. So in that yoga teaching, I recognize that one of the most important practices to take you to these places is the practice of awareness. So awareness starts with that physical there, but we all need to practice our yoga to bring awareness into our lives off the mat as well as on the mat. So that awareness takes us into being the observer by stepping into witness consciousness, to learning to check into ourselves as we move out of our being on the mat out of our studio, whether we're practicing our yoga at home, that you continue to be the watcher, to recognize whether you are practicing what you've been inspired within yoga. So that is another big part of our teaching in the Anusara practice, is that all of our yoga is full of inspiration. It interweaves the philosophy of yoga into every class. It's not just a little bit of information about yoga. It's taking it through the whole practice, helping it really merge with our being, what you're hearing, and then carrying it out into the world. 
so this why this is why I think one of the most important practices of yoga is that awareness in our lives as well. Beautiful. And for our listeners who've never heard of Anusara Yoga before, could you tell them more about it? Anusara Yoga is a yoga of celebration of the heart. The word Anusara means to flow with grace. So opening to grace. Um, Yoga has taught me, one of the important things that yoga has taught me is that softening to open to grace, softening to be open so that we do connect to the divine within ourselves, that we connect to each other more fully, that we connect to all the beauty of the world, that we're looking for the beauty, we're looking for the good in everybody, that we um, then trust in the flow of grace. We can move into a very steady practice, a very deep alignment practice. We work with principles of alignment, but it's not to hardness. It's not to be rigid. We, Of course, we do need boundaries, but we're still always stepping into the currents of grace. We're feeling our yoga. We're giving our yoga great purpose and meaning. In fact, this morning I was thinking, It's very auspicious that this chat with you has fallen today. In Barbados, it is Independence Day. It is the 55th year of independence, and we are also becoming a republic. So, for example, I was bringing in the theme of trust, um, building that quality of trust within us. So my teaching is very theme-based, and USARA teachers have a theme going on within each of their classes to emphasize so that people are inspired to work with this. And this is, again, one of the reasons why I think awareness is so important. Once you've heard, you've got to keep checking in and practicing this. So we were working, just as an example today, of trusting because there's going to be huge change in this beautiful island. And it really is a beautiful, special place. And moving from being independent island in 1967, we independent from Britain. We are now not just independent, but we are now a republic as of today. And as you know, change is huge. We need to trust in leaders. We need to trust and build community spirit. It's a day of great celebration. And Anisara is a celebration of the heart. We need to love life. We need to breathe. We need to live fully. We need to have vitality for life. But it's a very important to message to Barbados at this time, as well as to every individual. And talking about every individual also leads me on to saying that a big part of this practice is to honor individuality, difference, yet recognize our oneness. So in seeing our sameness, We also really honor diversity and difference. And of course, that's what brings interest and variety and excitement into our lives. We we learn to practice to be non-judgmental. Of course, that could be another theme for a class, for example. But that's a very important aspect of our yoga practice. Being non-judgmental helps us see that essence 
that union, experience it and feel it and just look for the good in all. Look for the sacred within all. There'll always be differences in culture and characters and social structure, but we really do need to seek out what is wonderful in everybody and let their light shine. We're trying to uplift everybody here in Barbados in every year with class, but it's a very, very special day for the island. For the island. It's monumental, really. <laughs> it's a momentous time. I'm so glad you brought that up. I was reading about that yesterday on, you know, I get news emails and I wanted to, of course, touch base with you about that. It is a momentous occasion and wanted to offer congratulations to that, um, to this huge step. Yes. And what synchronicity that we're having this talk today. (laughs) Uh, How would you describe Barbados to somebody who's not familiar with it? Well, Barbados is a small island. It's 21 miles long by 14 miles wide. It's 166 square miles. So that is pretty small. And a lot of people have never heard of Barbados, I know. Um, And they'll often get confused with Bermuda, Bahamas, and Barbados. We are an island um, in the Caribbean, uh, 13 degrees north of the equator. We're part of the Windward Islands. So we're not really very far from South America at all. It is a beautiful island, a real gem in the Caribbean. We have, well, parts of it that make it so beautiful is its diversity in our coastline, in our center. We have a very calm west coast, Caribbean Sea. We have the most exciting, windy, wavy (laughs) east coast with the Atlantic waves coming crashing in. It's very dynamic. It's full of energy, huge beaches to walk along. And then in the middle of the island, we, well, we were the number one sugarcane island, but now that sugar industry has been dying down, sugar, rum. And when I was here as a child, well, for many of the years as a youngster, the whole island was sugarcane. And um, now a lot of that's gone, but there's so much to see. Beautiful countryside, beautiful gardens, parks, vegetation. We are considered quite a flat island, but we we do have a hilly area. Of course, being in a low island, we're quite uh, low lying. We're a coral stone island, so have beautiful, beautiful sandy beaches. Some islands are volcanic, but we are coral islands, and it really is a wonderful place to go to come to and visit. There's a lot going on. Some islands are more quiet. I don't mean that it's noisy by any means, but there's lots of activity. There's lots of restaurants to go to, lots of great entertainment, music, dance, theater. We have a very active cultural island. So definitely a slice of paradise. I'm just really proud to be part of the island and teaching yoga here, you know, to be able to offer out to people. And as yoga has grown and grown and grown, now there is more interest. And I'm so, you know, pleased that I can serve the island through yoga. Yoga is really growing. You know, there were very few people were practicing yoga and then gym, 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 gym. And 
you know, now we've got some yoga studios and more people. And I really think that um, Barbados can become known as a real wellness island, a retreat island. Wonderful. So how about you tell our listeners about what offerings you do have online or in person in Barbados? Okay. Well, my yoga studio is a yoga studio. We do have a variety of classes from very gentle and therapeutic to very active and dynamic vinyasa classes, yin classes. So there's a wide range of classes. And big at the studio now that I should have mentioned and a big interest in myself is yoga and sound. So we have workshops and special classes with two of our teachers, but then we do have totally yoga and drum, percussion, hand pan, crystal bowls, metal bowls. So that is a very important part, that vibrational energy being brought into the studio and will continue to grow. And so where can our listeners find you? Okay, so sorry. Yes. So so that's going on in the studio. And I do teach online. Yes, I teach on Zoom. I don't have any videos for you to watch attached to my website at the moment. But yes, do get in touch via my website, sunshinecooler.com. And cooler, K-U-L-A, means community. It's community of the heart. So that's the meaning of that word. Very important for you to recognize that. So yes, online and in the studio, you can view the studio, get in touch with me via Instagram, via Facebook. I do have a Twitter account and and share my monthly newsletter there. I haven't been so active in regular blogging or comments there. But yes, you can certainly find me. You can easily Google me, Yoga in Barbados. Um, Delight in the experience is a phrase that appears on my website and my classes quite a lot. And I hope people will come along and delight in the experience here in Barbados, here in studio and online. Um, I love the phrase delight in the experience. That's such a beautiful mantra to have representing you and your work and your yoga shala. So how did you choose that phrase? How does it resonate with you so much? Yoga should be an experience. Yoga should be a feeling, an invitation to go into the center of yourself. So the experience becomes more and more blissful as you move within. But it may simply be enjoying the experience of laughter or enjoying the experience in your body. We start by experiencing our stretches and our openings and our pulsations, experiencing life. And of course, we want to find delightful experiences. We want to share the good. We want to feel good. So we want to find the delight in more and more moments in our day. I think it's very important in our everyday life, in the mundane, in the ordinary, to find the delight in the moments, to make each moment more and more special. If you're making the bed, love the beautiful linen. If you're doing the washing up, the preparing the food, find the joy in that moment. So delight in every experience in life. Delight in your asana, in your breath, 
on the mat in going into the center of yourself. There's so much for us to enjoy. There's so much for us to delight in. And that is, of course, looking for the positive. Again, seeking the good. That's the best way for us to be, to learn to listen into our hearts, to have that inner knowing and be in touch with our feelings, connect to the divine within. It's all a blissful experience. I'm so glad I asked that question. Your answer was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I also think I should say that it doesn't mean that we don't recognize that there's difficulty, that there's obstacles. It's just that we acknowledge them. We know that we're going to move to the dark sometimes. We may fall over totally backwards, but we can bring ourselves back to delight. We can find the light within ourselves. We can find the light and joy in life and in others. And know that when we do sink down, get into the hole, we can climb out again. Very true. Very, very true. And I w- didn't want to ask if you're comfortable talking about it, Pamela, um, how, you know, unfortunately, scandals in yoga and abuse and power do happen. And I was wondering if the scandal around the fo- the founder, John Friend of Anusara Yoga, if that affected you or or any part of your decision to continue to teach Anusara Yoga or how you kind of processed what happened there? Well, you know, it even took a little while for me to even know about it. And that is because I wasn't in the States. I was a big part, I think at that time was an Anusara inspired yoga. Um, the Anusara has many different levels of teaching that you have to go through before you become a fully certified teacher. And I was regularly going up to John Friend for many, many workshops, many trainings, my teacher training, and so on. And I still didn't know about it right away. So I was kind of divorced from it in the fact that I was so far. But then as it trickled through, um, because I wasn't in a yoga studio in the States, I didn't feel I've just got to cut myself off. Plus, I really honored him as a teacher. He had given me so much and so many. And there were many teachers that just dropped out and stopped immediately. There were also many who stayed and they stayed for a year or two, decided to carry on. Some stayed for a year or two and decided to shift because of course, this is now an opportunity to move into something different, to start with your own freedom, to follow perhaps a different angle. But I also do love the fact that even teachers that do not now call themselves Anyasara, because of that link, those principles alignment, those teachings, those words, I hear them so often in more and more places. So many Anisara teachers have carried the spirit of that teaching, the philosophy, the interweaving of the philosophy into our physical practice. It has spread. So in that sense, <laughs> that's taking the positive out of this. And I am fortunate that I was away from it. And I just stayed with the teachings. And there is a new school, the Anusara School of Hatha Yoga is a wonderful school, very connected to community and expanding community. So in every difficulty, there is more growth. And I'm proud to carry that Anusara name still. 
Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. And I know it's, it's sensitive, it's awkward, it's difficult. I, but I just wanted to make sure I asked that question if you were comfortable to talk about it. Yes. Well, I still have a belief that it's also important. Oh, this is going into another huge topic to not be, um, worshiping teachers, any teachers, but honoring teachers. So I won't go into that huge other, other conversation, but I do honor all my teachers. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I understand. And one thing also I did want to ask um, is what are the universal principles of alignment? that are integral to Anusara yoga. That was something that I wasn't familiar with, but it seems very just vital to the teachings. And I would love to hear you speak more on it. There are five principles of alignment. The first one being, and really the overriding principle, is to set a deep foundation to open to grace, to step into that flow, to make those deeper connections to the inner self, to the greater whole. So that deep foundation comes in our physical practice. The number one part of our learning is our feet, our hands, any body parts are our foundation. But of course, it's the foundations in the the structure of our learning, the foundations in our uh, yoga learning, the foundations in our life, our truth, our beliefs, etc. So everything can expand out and out and out like we can go deeper into the levels of ourselves. Um, It's a yoga, the real practice of from inside out. And um, that opening to grace is present through all the principles enlightened for all the teaching. The second principle of alignment is muscular energy, which is muscular engagement. It is a strong practice. We engage and being strong in our body, muscles squeezing to bones, hugging the midline, drawing to focal points within the, within the body. But it's also a commitment. It's a discipline. It's a strength. So muscular energy aligns to tolerance and all kinds of qualities. And then we have our third principle alignment in a spiral or internal rotation which are physical actions, but you see you can also align that to moving internally. And our next principle alignment is the outer spiral. The fourth principle alignment is the external rotation. So again, that has physical, but it's bringing us out. It actually is, um, say, for example, talk about your hip, you know, as you open from the midline, you're getting an external rotation. And then there's many actions within that that we teach that help us work towards deepening that rotation. We use it in our arms, etc. But it also is a regrounding practice. An external rotation moves us back down to back down to earth and grounding to allow us to open up to the world, to open up to the external. And then our fifth principle alignment is organic energy. And really, I think all of yoga should be an organic practice, a natural practice. But it's um, the organic experience of fully opening and expanding. We hug in. We hug into focal points physically, 
and we expand from each and every one of theirs through our extremities, energetically through the edges of our skin. Our organic energy allows us to glow, allows us to shine, allows us to be our fullest. So we have to journey into our center. We have to come physically to those places to allow our posture to express our divinity, our posture to shine out. And you can see the expression and feeling this is the organic experience, the natural experience of yoga, to see and feel it. You can see the shine in the beauty of people's movement on the mat and their movement in life and living your yoga. That's all organic energy. So I hope that gives a little understanding. It's all there on the Anusara website. So if you look at details about me on the website, you'll see a little bit more. And I have links there both to the Anusara practice and integrative yoga therapy. Oh, thank you, Pamela, so much for walking us through those five uh, principles of alignment. I really appreciate it. So thank you so much, Pamela, for being a guest on my show today. It was a joy to be with you. Well, yoga is a joy. <laughs> it was a joy to be with you. Thank you very much, Lily. Hope to see you in Barbados. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. My conversation with Pamela Harris, a yoga teacher from Barbados, was so lovely as she shared stories about what yoga was like in the 1960s and 70s in Barbados and how it has evolved over time. Hearing her stories about demonstrating yoga at a Hilton hotel and how people were worried about getting swept up into a hippie world, you know, quotes around that, provided such a unique snapshot into the past. Pamela and I also talked about Anusara yoga and weaving the philosophy of yoga into every class and taking it through the whole practice. Thank you so much for tuning in. My dear listener, be well. Thank you for being on this journey with me. It's been a privilege to be with you and I know how precious your time is. So I'm honored you chose to spend it with me here on the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. I just wanted to let you know that we will not be publishing any episodes for the rest of December as next Friday is Christmas Eve and the Friday after that would be New Year's Eve. We'll see you again the first Friday in January. Very excited about all of the guests that are coming up in the new year. Beautiful conversations are about to take place and I'm very excited to share them with you. Also, I'm very excited to be teaching yoga online again. I'm offering weekly classes through a platform called Moxie. I'll send a link here on the show notes as well as on my website, of course. I'm very, oh, I just can't express how excited I am to launch a new website here at the end of 2021 and into the new year. It's a new redesign with the help of a wonderful web developer and designer, Rob Burke. So if you are in need of web design work, I will send you his way. I'll send you his email. He's a joy to work with. And, and I'm very grateful for all of the help he's put in to making my website as beautiful as possible. So I'll see you in the new year. May all be merry and bright for you and yours. Be well.